0: Thinking about uh, the holiday season, start all inclusively with everybody that you're going to communicate with so that you can be sensitive to not only your employees and the impacts around what could be a morale issue in the company ultimately, but also your customers. Welcome to the heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com and Bank of America at BankofAmerica.com
1: here with Brent Tilson. He's the president and CEO of Tilson, tilsonhr.com. Uh, also the author of the Forbes book, Go Slow to Grow Fast, How to Keep Your Company Driving and Thriving in a Fast-Paced Competitive Business World. And Brent, we're thrilled you're here and we've vi- invited you here to talk with us about some HR issues that are particularly relevant today as we're getting closer to the holidays. The holidays can have some really... Companies can handle the holidays with their teams and their employees in a very successful way, I would imagine, or they can really step in it and make some real mistakes. (laughs) And interestingly, as I've been reading your book, Go Slow to Grow Fast, your book actually centers around a company having what they think is a morale issue. Hint, hint, it's not really a morale issue. That's just a symptom. But It's so perfectly aligned with the idea of making sure that you do the right thing for your employees during the holidays that I wanted to talk with you both about the book and things we can do as companies to handle the holidays appropriately. And when I bring up the idea of the holidays and and dealing with employees, is this a common conversation that companies have or should have?
0: Well, thanks, Greg. And it is a conversation that companies should be having, um, especially this time of year. You know, I don't necessarily find where companies have written policies about what they should or shouldn't say during the holiday season. So it's important that people talk about it and that the management teams understand what's important, that they share with the employees, and really have a conversation around those pitfalls. Uh, As you said, they could really step in it. And, you know, people get really excited around the holiday season. In fact, you know we not too long ago celebrated Halloween and years ago Halloween was something that was very commonly celebrated well the there's also a little darker side to Halloween, and so companies today are starting to be mindful that certain employees don't want to have these Halloween celebrations, and it's this sensitivity issue that we, you know, I wouldn't have imagined years ago. But so many things I <laughs> see today, I would never have imagined years ago, and so it's important that companies have these conversations to begin to think about their employees and the excitement that they have to celebrate, but just because they may have that personal excitement at home have to somewhat uh, tamper it down a little bit when they're in the office or at work.
1: Well, right. I mean, one of the things is you have to make sure that these kinds of things within the office are inclusive because people have different religions, different celebrations, different customs and different traditions. And if I'm listening to this and I'm an HR person, what kind of advice can you give me for helping me discuss this with my management team to make sure we're doing the right thing when we approach it with our employees?
0: Well, the first thing I like to tell people to think about is to approach it both for internal and external. So, when you're thinking about uh, the holiday season, start all inclusively with everybody that you're going to communicate with, so that you can be sensitive to not only your employees and the impacts around what could be a morale issue in the company, ultimately, but also your customers, because your customers have to be very you have to be sensitive with them because they also have personal, whether it be religious or other sorts of traditions that they are, are mindful of. So my advice would first be, you know, think about it from encouraging the employees to see it through the lens of the recipient, the person they're talking with. So if they're certainly in an internal employee situation, be mindful that not everybody is going to be the same faith and that we are a melting pot and that we need to be very mindful of the words we use, how we say them, maybe even the, the greetings and the goodbyes. Uh, Because this is the time of year when things, you know, people tend to say different things uh, when they meet somebody. And so it's about understanding through the eyes of the recipient is the first thing that they should do. And then also just be sensitive that in the holiday season, not everyone is excited about the holiday season. So you have to be sensitive to people. How much are they really wanting you to be engaged in uh, those sorts of discussions with them?
1: Well, and I, you, you made an interesting point about, you know, I've been asking about internal communications and relationships between employees, but there's also employees interacting with the the public or the company interacting with the public. And that's another place where if you don't manage it well, you can really alienate some very important people in your business, which is your customers.
0: Well, and people, are, they get lazy. Um, I was in a very, what I would consider somewhat of a high profile meeting this last year over the easter time period it was just a mixed group and the uh, individual who was hosting the meeting just was careless in comments towards the end and this was actually an elected official who wasn't really thinking about what he was saying at the time he was just trying to be you know wishing everybody a good weekend and afterwards he reflected on what he said he's like i can't believe i just did that mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, just careless in reading and understanding the room and the things you may say or may not say and so Uh, It happens to everybody, no matter where you may be, whether it's in business or in some other situation, it's just being careful of really understanding the audience that you're in and making sure the message is tailored for that
1: audience. Well, two words come to mind as we're talking about this. One is training. I mean, there must be some there has to be some way of communicating this with your employees or you're leaving it up to chance that they're going to get it right. So you need to I would think in some way or another let employees know this is what we think is appropriate and we want you to to act in the following way which is built on awareness, because I think sometimes people say things like this elected official you were mentioning. Uh, sometimes it's just on a lack of an awareness that there could be sensitivity. And once you're aware that the sensitivity is there, you think, oh, I never would have done that if I had thought about it, but I didn't have the awareness to think about it.
0: Well, and many people, um, and you're right, the training is very important. And the reason the training is important, or at least to make people aware of it, and it should, certainly should be done not just in a A holiday spirit. ought to be more from a sensitivity and diversity training that's all-encompassing so that it's not just specific to the holidays. The holidays are an example. They certainly are a, a placeholder in the training for people to have to understand that there are different times of the year that you have to even be more aware of the activity and what you might say or do. So in those trainings, it's important to have, you know, these pieces, but it just goes so much more than that. Think about it this way, that You know, people are at work or in the office far more than they are at home, but yet they bring from their home their personal uh, beliefs and experiences, and not everybody wants that shared in the office environment. And so it's really important to understand that, you know, there's that line that the individuals have to manage and monitor themselves when they bring in their personal beliefs, if you will. And so it's really important to understand both sides of that. There's that line you do cross when you walk through the door.
1: I'm talking with Brent Tilson. He's the president and CEO of Tilson. They're at tilsonhr.com. He's also the author of the Forbes book, Go Slow to Grow Fast, How to Keep Your Company Driving and Thriving in a Fast-Paced Competitive Business World. Brent, I want to change gears here a little bit and talk about another big part of the holidays in the workplace. And that is, I'm an employee. I have an expectation that I'm going to get a bonus, a gift, a raise, or maybe all three. This seems to me another place where employers have to be really strategic about what they do. I want you to talk a little bit about the things you do at Tilson so we can then understand the kind of advice you offer to your clients around these kinds of year-end issues.
0: These are great issues to address because you think first about raises. It's one of those things that some people just expect that annually I'm going to get a raise, cost of living increase or whatever it may be and we're always very clear to work and articulate in our organization that uh, while we do try and want to be giving raises and certainly want to keep up with the cost of living, so there's certainly that as an element. So we make sure our staff understand there's an element of raises that are a part of the overall um, compensation that will happen year after year. Um, But then on top of that, it's gonna be merit-based. So if you're improving and you're moving from one level to another level, and you've actually improved your position and/or you know your overall performance, then yes, you will be justified to get a possibly higher raise. So we make sure it's very clear that there's a merit component to the raise piece. That way, we set expectations. Now, come to bonuses. You have both you know uh, performance-based bonuses and discretionary. So performance-based, once again, is going to be based on the merit. So it's very clear, and they should be very clearly articulated as to when those bonuses will be paid out so that they understand how they're doing So you're rewarding the right type of thing. Oftentimes in the holidays, we get into the uh, discretionary bonuses. And that's where people can get themselves in trouble because if they do discretionary bonuses and they've done it for five straight years in a row, um, it starts to be expected. And if for some reason the company doesn't do well or some change happens that that isn't paid out, then employees' expectations have to be better managed so that people know that it's not going to happen. We see that as a real problem. Companies tend to just habitually do these year-end bonuses, they do it as a discretionary, they don't communicate it, that this is not to be expected every year, then people start to think it's you know a part of their income. And it can be really problematic because people think they're going to use that money for Christmas gifts or whatever they may be doing. So certainly those things are an issue that management really needs to talk about because to set expectations early and frequently because you can't just say it once. You're going to have to say it multiple times.
1: As a professional employer organization, Tilson, and one of the services you offer are payroll and benefits administration. Is this the kind of thing that you and your team end up talking with your clients about?
0: It is. Yes. Yeah, so our HR team will work with our clients and we'll talk about, you know, best practices, things to think about as they're getting ready to roll out their bonuses. Because it's it's not just a bonus. It could be, you know, when you get the technical side, sometimes bonuses are tied to 401k programs. And so that's going to be money that they think they're going to get or making sure they articulate, okay, you're going to give a thousand dollar bonus. but Once taxes are done, it's not going to be that full amount. So what is your real intent? Are you wanting them to take home a full $1,000, well, then we have to talk about the financial implications and the taxes and what we call grossing it up. So, yeah, we talk about everything from the tactical and technical components of how and what amount you want to give to the strategy of what that impact is on the workforce.
1: And and there's another wrinkle to this. Uh, I'm referring to a statistic from the fall 2018 Bank of America Small Business Owner Report, which reports that 83% of small business owners plan to offer holiday-related perks this year, 83%. And I'm relating that to the headlines we read about there being real problems hiring talent. I would think that if you're a small business owner and you're not offering appropriate bonuses, gifts, or raises, you probably run the risk of losing employees.
0: That's a real issue today. Um, So many companies, that's probably the number one thing we hear Mm -hmm. is keeping employees, and trying to get the talented employees to replace them when they're gone. It's, it's a real issue. And what we're starting to see is some pressure on compensation. We're seeing companies having to you know, put a little more money behind these, uh, these roles and these jobs that are open and work with the people they have today to keep them because people are being pried away. And the way the world is today with the pace of things, you know, the really top talent is being pursued. And so, you know, giving, you know, perks and, you know, as you said, the bonuses or gifts are just, when you think about it at the end of the day, it's a very small gesture, but very valuable in the eyes of the employee. And things that we can do today to help keep our teams is important. Now, we don't want to buy their happiness, and that's not what we're suggesting. But what we're seeing in the economy is such a strong business environment, and the economy's performing well, uh, profits seem to be up. And if that isn't then likewise shared with everyone who's contributing, then there starts to be a little bit of a disconnect between the employees and the employer. So it certainly is something that we see companies thinking more about doing this year.
1: Well, and I would imagine at Tilson, one of the things, one of the conversations you're having with clients is even helping them quantify the cost of losing someone, or to say it another way, what's the cost of hiring somebody else? Uh, again, in the fall 2018 Bank of America Small Business Owner Report, 24% of small business owners said they have lost at least one employee in the last year, and 58% said they were having difficulty finding qualified candidates. So you have to factor those kinds of statistics into if we lose someone, particularly a key employee, someone with great talent, it's you're not only losing a person who's doing some work today for the team, you also have to factor in the time and the amount of money that it costs to replace them, if you can replace them.
0: Well, if you can replace them in the ramification for years, if you have really top talented people, when when they leave, it's not just getting to that person, next person in the seat. It's all that knowledge that they walked out the door with. And um, especially if they've been there years with a company and someone you know comes and kind of takes them away for a better you know, opportunity, then the cost of turnover is, is substantial. And We do. We work with our companies and our clients to help them understand what are they doing? What are they putting in place to really make sure that they're keeping their top talent? In my book, I talk about building a high performance team and to do that you have five major categories uh, for working with employees. How do you find them? develop direct motivate and retain and those five pieces are so critical and companies need to make sure that they have things in place at each place along the way so that retention at the very end if you're retaining you actually have a strategy and a program to retain employees and of course those that are not performing well those that falls under how do you direct them eventually you direct them out if they're not the right people because they can cost you dearly as well if you have the wrong people but those five pieces of the employment life cycle are so critical to have it
1: right i'm talking with brett tilson the book he mentioned is go slow to grow fast his new book how to keep your company driving and thriving in a fast paced competitive business world. Brent is the president and CEO of Tilson at TilsonHR.com on Twitter and Facebook at Tilson HR. You know, one of the things we're talking about, we can talk about here as we talk about the holidays is how to use the power and the spirit of the holidays to actually ins- to inspire and motivate employees. Do you have tips there so that we can actually take that spirit of the holidays and the togetherness and use it to make our company even stronger?
0: Absolutely. I think what we like to do, and I know what I like to do and encourage others is this is a great time to reflect on the successes. You know, there's so many negative things that, you know, we see in the news every day and, and people, you know, we just came out of an election cycle where, you know, we're all just uh, beat up over all the negativity that can be out there. And this is a time in the holidays where people are excited. They're they're ready for uh, celebrations, at least you can't assume everybody, but there's a there's a sense of that in the air. And so what I'd like to do is let's look back and celebrate the successes we've had in the last year. Let's make sure we call these people out and explain and share and celebrate with them, whether we do it publicly in holiday parties or you do it a little private note that you write to them individually. But there's also things that people can do encouraging to give back, because oftentimes when people give back, Back, they get more out of it than just receiving. So we like to recommend, and we do internally. We do a number of different programs where we help maybe a family in need. They have different programs. I think they call them Christmas angel type environments where, you know, you'll a family that's in need will have a list of all the things that they could really use to help their family. And so we've done that, and and, and people, the generosity that flows from the staff to help these other groups just warms them and makes them feel better about it. And it just helps create this sense of pride as well as fellowship and kinship when people are participating in activities such as those.
1: Within an organization, can that kind of participation in a program, can it come from the bottom up or the top down? I mean, could it be HR saying, we've identified this program and we're going to participate, or is there a way to encourage employees who have ideas of their own Here's how to suggest a program that the company or your department might want to participate in.
0: Well, in fact, it is both ways. So at uh, our company, we do have things that we suggest corporately. Hey, there's something we want to get involved in. Typically, we put it out for discussion as to kind of what would we like to celebrate and participate in this year, whether it's simply making donations to certain charities on behalf of employees or possibly it's actually like we I just mentioned, actually doing a, a uh, event where we're, you know, gathering donations. But what we also have is we actually have a program that we implement in our company where we allow people to basically they submit a request. They can do it individually, but they give a uh, uh, paid time off for them to go to a, either a local charity or something that they want to give back. So they just submit it. It gets approved. It can be individually or they can do it as a group effort. And so they go and find these things because so we want people to be involved in the community because we know the value that it provides to them and to the community. So it can be done both ways.
1: Well, I really like the sound of that because I, when someone, a team or an individual sources it, and then it gets embraced by the company, even if it's just a few people within the company, that then is going to be very empowering to that person beyond the the spirit of giving, but making them feel like, wow, I made a real contribution both to my community, but also to my company.
0: Oh, it's absolutely true. There's so many different programs that we've done over the years, and it's 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 fun when they're in, when the employees and the team choose to do something, then it, you can see the spirit because they have a little competition amongst themselves. They make it more fun. They who's gonna out donate who, and you find that they've been hiding some of their donations so no one really knows how much they have until the last day, and everything shows up, and one department's so thrilled that they have out done everybody else. And it's just, it's a camaraderie. There's so many things that it does over and above and beyond merely just the uh, time of, uh, you know, they giving, but there's also so many other things that, you know, just really help, um, you know, employees and people feel a part of something bigger than just themselves.
1: Brent Tilson is with us on the heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books and Bank of America. He's the president and CEO of Tilson. They're at TilsonHR.com. He's also the author of the Forbes book, Go Slow to Grow Fast, How to Keep Your Company Driving and Thriving in a Fast-Paced Competitive Business World. I think we need to talk about people within your organization who, frankly, may be dreading the holidays, for one reason or another, this may not be a time of happiness for them, but it may be a time of sorrow or struggle. And and what's the best way for us as individuals, as managers, uh, even as a, you know a C-suite executive, to make sure those people are being acknowledged and helped in whatever way that they may need?
0: It is a tough time of year. Many people talk about how, or you see reports where you know depression actually goes up during the holidays because, you know, possibly someone, this is the first, you know, holiday, first Thanksgiving without grandma, the first, you know, time that they're not going over to somebody's house to celebrate one of the holiday, you know, events and parties. And there's so many things that are personally tough this time of year. Sometimes they're great celebrations, other times they're, you know, not so. And I think the first thing we have to do as organizations is not be make things mandatory and all inclusive. You have to allow people to make decisions on what they want to participate or not participate in. Because just it, you know, purely mandating may put somebody in a really awkward situation or trying to encourage, like we want a 95% participation at the company holiday party. Well, who's doing that? Is that because you want the bottom line to make justify the money you spent? Or are you trying, What what's the intent there? So managers and leaders really need to acknowledge that some people in the organization really just want their space and their time. The other part is being sensitive to that. So if you're a manager of an organization, you know, of employees, you may be aware, personally aware that somebody's going to go through a tough time. So maybe it's a handwritten note, just offering them words of encouragement without getting into specifics and details. Let them know that you're, you're thinking about them during this upcoming year and holiday season. And just to offer that open hand of a gesture of just, being here to help if there's anything we can do to help. So it's, it's more of just uh, being aware and just good human kindness.
1: Is there a way, or should we be thinking about a way to make sure everyone in our organization knows that there's an easy, risk-free way to ask for help if they need it? Is there a way to offer that that's, that, will, that will be effective and not, uh, not intrusive?
0: Well, there are. There are many programs uh, that are just available companies offered, uh, often known as employee assistance programs, EAP programs. And that's a little more structured, but they're designed to allow, because there are professionals who can actually participate, and, and you can say, okay, as you're going into this time of year, recognize that there may be a need for you to reach out and have a conversation. And so the counselors through these EAP programs can talk with the employees, let them you know kind of work through. So it's not something that's being done internally. It's not being done by the HR manager, or really, I mean, it could be, but really, oftentimes, this is such a personal thing. It needs to be done in a manner that is supportive of them and help them, and that's why those programs are important to have for employees, because you just really don't know um, all the things going on in somebody's life, and to be able to extend and remind people, hey, this is the time of year. Don't don't hesitate to reach out to the EAP group, and they can help you, and certainly, there's flyers and a lot of times there's documentation. I know we have some in our office that we circulate around just reminding people of this information so that they receive it in multiple fashions, not just by somebody standing up or telling people it's actually, hey, it's on the you know bulletin board, it's on the internet site or wherever. Hey, don't forget about these tools that are available for you.
1: That way you're never singling someone out. You let them self-identify as, oh yes, that would be valuable to me. And I get to I get to approach it or take advantage of it in whatever way makes sense for me in as private or, or public a way that I want to.
0: Well, that's exactly right. I mean, you may have an employee in the office going through a divorce. Nobody, nobody knows about it. they kept it quiet, but it's being very disruptive, and it's right during the holidays, and everybody's trying to figure out who's doing what and when and where, and you know, that's not something you would want to single out. But if, sure. the, if they knew they had the availability to go to you know through a program or have somebody to talk to, to work through those needs and issues that are professional. It certainly allows those individuals with dignity to to work through their items and not make it a part of the office.
1: He's Brent Tilson. He's the president and CEO of the professional employer organization Tilson at TilsonHR.com on Twitter and Facebook at TilsonHR. He's also the author of the Forbes book, Go Slow to Grow Fast. That seems counterintuitive.
0: Well, and I, and that's, uh, that's why the book title, I think, works is people want to say, what does that mean? What do you mean go (laughs) slow to grow fast? That's
1: what I'm asking. What does that mean?
0: (laughs) What it means is people really need to slow down, understand their surroundings, what they're doing, where they're going, make sure they're doing the right planning, have the right things in place, put the right measurements and tools and think about their business before they just try to grow. I've seen so many companies go out and try to grow as fast as they can only to become You know, just, you know, a wreck along the side of the road because they just weren't prepared for what they were doing. So the idea of going slow is to really take the time, uh, understand the business, understand those forces around you. I like to tell people that every year you should uh, ask yourself what will put you out of business and really think about those issues so you can better prepare. Because once you've thought about that and you've done the right planning, then go grow as fast as you can.
1: It's interesting. As I'm reading the book, one of the things that I've really been left with, the book is called Go Slow to Grow Fast. He's Brent Tilson. He's the author. One of the things that it's really left me with that, frankly, I had never completely thought through for myself is that growth has consequences. It has rewards, of course, but it's also not without consequences. And so if you grow too fast without the planning, that growth can actually kill you. You think it's the thing that's going to make you successful, but it may actually be the thing that kills you because you didn't plan for it and therefore you can't handle it.
0: And I've seen it time and time again. And, and maybe it doesn't put somebody completely out of business and cause them to fail, but they grow to a certain level. They're, they outgrow the, the, the capability of the organization. and customers get upset. They start leaving. Morale starts dropping. And all of a sudden, the company has to you know, re we move backward to reestablish itself to try to get its feet under it again, and then they start growing. But they lost all that time because they try to grow too fast, and they just got ahead of themselves. And it happens time and time again. And it's the idea: of let's let's anticipate the future. Uh, if you're going to grow at 30% a year, well, what do you have to have planning-wise done? You have to do even more than what you're doing if you're growing at 10% a year. But that doesn't happen, and so. Uh, My encouragement is people really do go slow to understand so that you don't have that high growth put you out of business.
1: Yeah. And the kind of problems you can have if you're not prepared for the growth is, you know, anything from cash flow to to client satisfaction and losing your clients, which, again, can be devastating. Absolutely. So my last question. And this is a fun one. I hope uh, you've seen a lot of <laughs> things in your years, and we've been talking largely about the holidays and how to approach them from an HR perspective. Have you seen any like just really funny or 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 common, but they shouldn't be HR gotchas around the holidays that you can share with us, both to entertain <laughs> us, but also frankly, so that we can learn something from the story. <laughs> Yeah,
0: well, one of them is I remember walking in an office and they had mistletoe hanging. And I thought, no, 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 no. Get that out of here.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> we don't need mistletoe and hanging around an office. Especially
1: in 2018, it sounds like a really bad idea.
0: <laughs> bad idea. So th- certainly that's an easy one. But that did happen. I, I just hadn't laugh. Um, you know, we all know the holiday parties. Those are the things that get people in trouble. You know, they yeah, maybe have a few too many drinks. Uh, maybe too, a little too comfortable in the environment. Forget who they're talking to. Um, the attire that they wear. I mean, I've been, I've been places where it's like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe somebody showed up wearing what they're wearing, and it's just everybody's embarrassed by this whatever and however.
1: And everybody, everybody but it. the person wearing it because they don't even understand <laughs> that it's embar- that it's embarrassing.
0: <laughs> well, they yeah, they thought that was a fun outfit for the event. Yes. like no, that was not quite right. So certainly you get into the gotchas of just unwelcomed affection where people just get comfortable. They think it's a fun time of year. Maybe they do have an attraction to somebody and they just kind of just a little overzealous. So we see those types of things happening. Certainly, you know, the gotchas from an HR perspective is just you want everybody to remember to keep their uh,
1: it's a work event. <laughs> it's
0: a work <laughs>
1: event. <laughs>
0: this is not a party. This is not, you know, a nightclub event. And just remember that. And so, but I think the, the businesses owe it to themselves to make sure, you know, like for us, when we have a holiday party, you know, we'll do a two drink, drink. you know, you know here everybody gets two tickets. That's mm. all the company's providing. And, you know, one of the things that's being recommended this year for companies is to use You know, shared uh, services like the Ubers and the Lyfts and those types of things to say, hey, you know, go ahead as a company and pay for it. You know, don't if somebody shows up, don't even hesitate to give them the opportunity. Why, Why would you want your employee to take a chance? Even if you're not participating in the purchase of anything, you don't want to put yourself on the front page of the paper because somebody made a mistake and it comes back on you. And so take those necessary precautions so that you don't get yourself in trouble and just don't hang the mistletoe up.
1: Yes. And I think, you know, Uber and Lyft uh, is a really great idea for holiday parties. The, the last thing I want to ask related to this is do we as as the people at the top of the company or the organization in the C-suite, should we assume that we should be very explicit about, for instance, what is appropriate attire or what is appropriate behavior so that no one can come back and say, well, I didn't know.
0: Well, that's, that's best practice. The best practice is when we have these events and it's clear as to what the attire is, what's not what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Oftentimes, that's in the dress code. Mm-hmm. But when you have, you know, when it, when it says that it's evening attire um, or black tie or, you know, festive or whatever, there's so many different <laughs> varieties of names. I mean, you can Google them and look. And then you can get lots of different outfits, so it's really good to be very clear as to what's expected. Mm-hmm. It just takes the pressure off of everybody. Also, what's expected, you know, at the event, you know, what's, you know, whether or not, you know, be mindful. This is a, you know, going back to the alcohol reference that, you know, <laughs> you are at a company event, and some companies, you know, don't have alcohol. They just they avoid it. They don't want mm-hmm. to issue their issue their all at all. But that doesn't mean the employee is not going to have some cocktails maybe sitting there before everyone gets there. So there's elements that you can't control. So it's important yes. to really communicate. And that's a best practice for all of us who are the leaders of the company. We also set the example. So while we're at these events, we also have to be mindful, everybody's watching us. And from the clothes you're wearing to the things you're saying to the things you're doing. Um, so it's it's very important for the leaders to set the example and the staff will follow. And I've seen certain leaders who have a little too much fun, well, it doesn't take long for the staff to follow in that fund. So I think mm-hmm. it's important to, uh, for us to exhibit that.
1: It's funny how culture has a way of showing up everywhere, isn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's called culture.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well, Brent Tilson, thanks for joining us on the heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books and Bank of America. He's the president and CEO of the professional employer organization Tilson at TilsonHR.com, on Twitter and Facebook, at TilsonHR. He's also the author of the Forbes book, Go Slow to Grow Fast. I highly recommend it. How to Keep Your Company Driving and Thriving in a Fast-Paced, competitive business world. Brent, thanks so much for joining us and happy holidays.
0: Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it so much. Have a great holiday season. Thanks for listening to the heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com and Bank of America at BankofAmerica.com.